Welcome back to Here So We Don't Get Fined. My name is David. My name is Jeff. And that is Thomas doing the worst Channing and Tatum impression I've ever heard in my life. Just trying to throw you off, man. Well, it was terrible. Excuse me for caring. Also, it was a Channing Tatum impression of a Hispanic man named Jeff. It's a terrible name. Which was also a terrible impression. So if it's a terrible impression of a terrible impression, does that mean that I did a good impression of what he was trying to do? No. No. He sounded more Hispanic than you just did. You didn't even use an accent. You just said, my name's Jeff. I feel like using an accent is very risky territory. That's fair. That's fair. Have you ever seen that Tom Segura clip? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The foreign accent syndrome? Yeah. Disabilities are not funny. But some are. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. That's a good clip. I thought you were talking about the Segura. Oh, no, 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 no. So basically he says, disabilities, we agree, not funny, right? But some are. For instance, like if there's a quilt or a 5K, not funny, right? But have you ever heard of foreign accent syndrome? And then he like explains what it is. And he goes, the funniest example was a British lady in this tiny little town uh, she never not only left her, or she never left England, she never left her tiny little hometown in England. She was in a car accident, had a brain trauma, woke up speaking a fully Chinese accent. And then he imitated it. I'm not going to do that at the risk of getting canceled. Uh, but it's hilarious. Look it up. Tom Segura, foreign accent syndrome. He's a comedian, so he's allowed to do it. It's hilarious. It's a good clip. That whole special, I think that's Ball Hog. That whole special's incredible. I'm just a big Tom Segura fan. I like Bert better. I like Tom's comedy better. I think I would like to hang out with Bert more. I mean, that's like saying I like Eminem's music, but I think I'd rather hang out with Snoop Dogg. I mean, not really. You'd rather hang out with Eminem? No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm like, like you would rather hang. Never mind. Uh, point is, I wouldn't rather hang out with Bert because he's like a partier and gets into stuff. I'd rather hang out with Bert because, like, especially recently, Tom is like, Tom's been saying stuff on Twitter that I've been like, yikes. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'd rather hang out with Bert. But I mean, like, just like their image, though, it feels like Bert is more social. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know what I mean? And they both seem like great dudes. Again, it's, there's been some things that I'm sure there's context and that I don't know. So, like, those tweets, I'm sure there's some sort of external context. Right. Um, but just based on, like, even listening to Two Bears, One Cave, like, it feels like Bert would be cooler and more fun to hang out with. Yeah. Although, you also can never talk around Bert. So. I understand the feeling. I don't know. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. Everyone who listens to our Monday podcasts knows that that's not true. Yeah, yeah. You talk 90% of the time, uh, 70% of the time on those podcasts. That I do. I let you talk plenty. Yeah. Unless we're on the phone. All right. I won't talk anymore. (laughs) That, That doesn't work on a podcast, David. You have to speak. Whoa. 
if you're not going to speak, I can talk about how great the referees were for Cleveland in All right. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. <sighs> Today's Wednesday, which means it is time for our biggest takeaways from the week. NFL Week 7 is this week. There was a lot of surprising things in the NFL Week 7. There was a lot of not surprising things in the NFL Week 7. Uh, but there's one thing. That was the most egregious thing in Week 7. And that is NFL officiating. There were lots of different calls and lots of different games that were very questionable this weekend. Some were nice. Uh, In the Bills-Patriots game, in the Raiders-Bears game, uh, in the Chiefs-Chargers games, in the Dolphins-Eagles game, uh, there were significant, like literally game-altering, not necessarily game-changing, but game-altering calls that were missed. Um, there's a guy on Twitter who did a thread of every missed call in the Dolphins-Eagles game. And I was like, oh, this is going to be stupid. This is going to be ticky-tack calls, whatever. No. Legitimate, like, <laughs> legitimate, real... Um, missed calls. Egregious missed calls in that Dolphins-Eagles game. Uh, and it was mostly missed calls on the Dolphins, but there were a couple on the Eagles as well. Um NFL officiating was just horrible this weekend. And it all came to a head in the great city of Indianapolis, in Lucas Oil Stadium, when the final outcome of the game was directly influenced, not just influenced, directly caused by the absolute incompetence of the freaking zebras on the field. Here's the, here's the, here's the setup for this game. This Cleveland Browns defense has been a historically great defense. They're allowing like 16 points a game. They are uh, they've only allowed 50 first downs to the first six weeks. This team is playing. They're allowing like 170 yards a game. This defense is playing phenomenal football. Indianapolis comes in and says, <laughs> "That's cute." Indianapolis puts up 21 first downs in the game. We have over 350 yards of offense almost 400, and we put up 38 points on this laughing stock of a freaking franchise. Indianapolis said, oh, you got a good defense? That's cute. And then I don't know if these NFL officials had bets on Cleveland. I don't know if they uh, were from the city of Cleveland in the great, awful, stupid state of Ohio. I don't know... What was going on? But I know they need to be investigated. Because at the end of the game, the Cleveland Browns are somewhere on the 25, 20, 30, I don't know. They're I don't, they're either in the red zone, like just in the red zone, or just out of the red zone. One of the two. We are pressuring the heck out of P.J. Walker. Deshaun Watson is down with injury. We get a guy, bust through the offensive line, Takes down P.J. Walker, fumbles the football, it's a turnover, Browns are out of timeouts, game over, the Indianapolis Colts have won. But wait, a little tiny piece of yellow is seen on the field. They pick it up, they say, illegal contact. Automatic first down, ball is now on the eleven. 
The words I want to say. What did you just do with your mic? The words I want to say, I can't say. It was one of the most BS calls I've ever seen in my life. First of all, for illegal contact to be a thing, the quarterback has to still be in the pocket. P.J. Walker was 10 yards down uh, behind the line of scrimmage, if not 15, and way off to the left, the pocket is limited. He was no longer in it. All right? Secondly, illegal contact is is after five yards downfield. They were within five yards past the line of scrimmage. He did not grab. He did not pull. He did not hinder. His hands were just on him. Within five yards, quarterback no longer in the pocket. It was even Gene Steratore, the head ref, he came on and was like, I mean, I guess, like, technically maybe you could call it, but I would not make that call. I think it's pretty ridiculous. So whatever. They're now at the 11. Can't do anything about it, right? There's 25 seconds left in this game. They take three shots, two shots. They miss. It's third down. He throws a ball to the back of the end zone. To tell you how off this ball was, it ended up in the stands of Lucas Oil Stadium. And yet, a flag comes in. Pass interference on an uncatchable ball. Victor Wimbayama wouldn't have been able to catch the ball. Mr. Fantastic wouldn't have been able to catch the daggum football. An uncatchable ball by the very definition. If this dude was unblocked and had those little springy shoes that you get in doodle jump, he would not have been able to catch this dang football. What if he was Helen Parr? They call pass interference. If you don't know what pass interference is, it's a spot of the ball foul. So they put it on the one-yard line. They took three shots to the end zone. None of them hit. They ran the ball up the middle. Finally. Don't know why they didn't do that to start because Cleveland's a bunch of idiots and Kevin Stefanski should be fired. And they score a touchdown. 12 seconds left. Colts obviously can't do anything. Game's over. I think it's a bit much. To say that Kevin Stefanski should be fired after he just outclassed the Indianapolis Colts. Both calls were incorrect and stupid. Both calls gave them a fresh set of downs, moved them significantly closer to the end zone. Horrible NFL officiating directly caused the difference in a win or a loss for a team. Yes, it's my team, so I'm extra upset. But that can never happen. Period. End of story. That is unacceptable. These refs need to be investigated, fired, run over. No. (laughs) Calm down, David. I'm still so... I, I didn't think I was this mad about it anymore. What the heck? I didn't think I was this mad about it anymore. I really... I thought I was over it. I thought I was over it. And then I got into it. I'm not over it. I'm... They don't deserve to be run over. All right. No one deserves that. Maybe a couple people. Man, you put that sentence in reverse real fast. But... But they don't... I, I need to clarify that. Way to just drive that point home. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna Charles Barkley this 
What? Have you heard Charles Barkley talk about Skip Bayless? No. Dude, they're compilations talking about how much he wants to kill Skip Bayless. Oh my God. Like legitimately on television. He'll say, if me and Skip were in a room together, I would just beat the crap out of him. Beat him till he's dead. Or beat him at least till he's on life support. I can't stand Skip Bayless. <laughs> on live television, he'll just talk about how much he wants to kill a man. You know, that wasn't now, a terrible Charles Barkley. Thank you. It wasn't good, but it wasn't terrible. Thank you. Um, again, these guys, they don't, they're, they're human, right? Humans make mistakes. They just, like, making mistakes of that caliber that directly change the outcome of the game, not influence, change the outcome of the game, is unacceptable. Now, Gardner Minshew had three turnovers. Yep. Uh, there were mistakes made defensively for the Colts, right? A defensive so, end bunny hopped the offensive line. Well, that's not really on our, I mean, on the Colts. How are you going to let the man that size just hop over you? Did you... Did you see him jump? I did. No, The man can time. jump four feet in the air. What do you want Quentin Nelson to do? Hit him in the nuts. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um. So there were other things in the game that the Colts could have done better. I'm not... So, like, it never should have come down to this. But NFL games come down to this a lot. And the end of the game being decided not by merit, but by officiating, is unacceptable. And now if they were legitimate calls, I will say this. I should say this. There was for sure pass interference on that play. Absolutely will not deny that on the last play of the game. Not the last play of the game, but the The one one that got them the P.I. call. There was absolutely pass interference on the thing. But the definition of that call is if the ball, or in the, not the definition of the call, but uh, in In the the rules of the call, the ball has to be catchable. And it was not. And so that's where the, the... the obviously the issue is, but it was definitely pass interference. I should well, say I should clarify that. David, if he never touched him, then he wouldn't have been able to catch the ball, and it wouldn't have been a penalty. But I understand your frustration. It was horrible, man. I will say though, at certain points in that rant, it did sound like you were going to shout out, "Mom, can I have some pizza rolls?" Sounded like a guy in his basement ranting about his team. Not that it wasn't justified. I was just telling you. Because I love you. So then it... What? What? No. The... Thomas. David. The whole meme of a guy in a basement ranting about his team is... He's not justified. He's just ranting to rant. I mean, yeah. If you So if you said it's justified, that takes away... I mean... You saw happen. the plays. Were they not egregious? I mean, yeah, they were bad, but I've seen worse, and I'm going to see worse in the future. You know what I mean? The only worst calls I've seen were in that one Vikings-Saints game. I think that's a bit hyperbolic. Only one. Don't get me wrong. That is probably the worst call in NFL history. And it's not really all that Worst close. missed call in yeah, NFL yeah, yeah. history. Yeah, it was um, horrible. But, I mean, I've seen... I mean, like, you know, like, we see our teams the most because there are teams in there who we watch. But in college, I saw the Steelers have a similar situation with a defensive pass interference on a Hail Mary play in the end zone when Joe Hayden's hand just brushed against the Saints' defender or wide Dude, receiver's back. Like, there has never been a Hail Mary in the history of football where P.I. was not very rampant. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know how PI's not calling every Hail Mary. No, but like, but like this was like this wasn't like a stacked 
Like, this was a guy going yard. Yeah. And, like, the hand just literally brushes against his jersey. Um, I understand your frustration, obviously, you know. I'm but pissed about it. It's one of those things, like, we saw this with baseball. It's like human error is a part of the sport. But. But it can't be like that. I do think there's a solution, and I do think it's pretty simple. But it slows down the game. Make any major, like, any call that warrants a first down automatically reviewable under the last two minutes. Certainly not that. Uh, well, in the last two minutes. Yeah. So that's what Jim Ursay came out, uh, and he talked about it, and he said, what happened was unacceptable. We have to fix this. And he proposed overturning, or not overturning, but reviewing penalties in the last two minutes of play. Yeah. Because you can't have coaches' challenges. You can't even challenge a PI anymore. But – um, well, like it's just like we put so much effort. I wouldn't into be mad getting at getting various aspects of the game correctly, but not penalties. You know, yeah. No one's gonna be upset if a ref throws a flag. It gets reviewed, and they're like, "Hey, that wasn't a penalty." Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. I also think a lot. So a lot of good referees have been. Uh, poached by networks, if you will. Yeah, to explain the rules. Because they're it's a lot of money. They offer a lot more money than more NFL refereeing. Gig, so we've seen benefits. guys like Ed Hockley. We've seen guys like Gene Steratore. These historically great NFL officials go to networks and leave the field because they're offering them significantly more money. So I almost feel like the NFL could do a lot better if they offered more money not only to the referees, but maybe to have somebody in a booth uh, that, it, like, pay someone in a booth that's a professional that is a long time. Like, let's just say Gene Steratore, for example. Pay him. And if there's an egregious call that is just blatantly wrong, Gene can step in and say, no, no, no. That's in You know, like, like the, like, like the like referees in, like in confer? NH- like in the NHL with Toronto. Yeah. Where, like... Toronto will sometimes like their operations there will like ring in and be like hey don't do that. Well, and and we we see it happen on the field all the time where uh, uh, one of the black hats will throw a flag and then they'll confer to explain what's happening to the white hat and the white hat will say pick it up or don't pick it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've seen them pick it up in the past, right? It could be something similar to that. Like there's a flag, Gene comes down and says hey. Uh, that wasn't a penalty. Let's pick the flag up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something like that. I also think that there's a very intense benefit to having an angle that's not on the field. Yeah. That's a little... like Because, like, think about it, right? Like, we perceive the game a whole lot differently than they do. Even if you're at the game on the first row, it looks different to you than it does to them. Yeah. So, I think there are solutions. I think... It's just a matter of them being implemented, and I'm not super confident in that. I'm not either. But I do agree with you that human error is a part of the sport. Right. I'm not disagreeing. But if if Justin Herbert is playing the 17th game of the season, it's win, you're in the playoffs, lose, you're out, and it's the last two minutes of the game, they're down by six, and he throws an interception in the red zone. Yeah. That's human error, but we're going to crucify Justin Herbert, right? So this is something like he, he, that because that directly 
causes the outcome of the game, right? Right. This directly caused the outcome of the game. So while I agree human error is a part of the sport and it's a part of refereeing, just like with Justin Herbert, we would get upset with him. We would hold him accountable. Human error is a thing, but in that moment, it's unacceptable. I think it's the same as to refs. Like I, yes, human error is a thing. There are mistakes made, but in that moment, you have to be on your A game. You have to be making your best calls. So at that moment, it's unacceptable because it directly caused the outcome of the game to be different. Yeah, and uh, no one wants a game. I, like ref ball occurring in a game is whatever. When yeah. it's the first half, it's a whole different yeah feeling uh, on the second half. However, it did benefit me. This week. Yeah, dude. Matt Canada. No, I'm talking about ref balls. Might be the best offensive coordinator in the National Football let's, League. Let's calm down. Like, I, I, like, he might be one of the greatest offensive minds that this league has ever seen. Congrats to you for having him on your team, man. I know you're trying to do the same thing that I did to you, but it's not going to work because we all know that Matt Canada is a hot pile of garbage. I don't know. Like, okay. You like, saw that game on Sunday. Yeah, that doesn't erase the 40 before it. You saw that game on Sunday. Listen, listen. He was supposed to be a offensive mastermind when we saw when we when we hired him. Uh, and he, he did it last week against the Rams. And, I'm, you know, that's super great for him. But uh, it's a little late. I'm just worried that if he strings it together two or three more times, he might save his job. But, I mean, then, shoot, what if this is, like... Give the man an extension, dude. Man, shut up. Okay, don't do that. Okay. Did he call... And you know what, dude? I don't even know if he was the one calling plays. Because that offense looked completely different. And you're telling me that Matt Canada just finally decided to change his offense? No. I can tell you just by watching how he's called play call or called games that he's a very stubborn, my way or the highway kind of guy. Supposedly, Kenny did do uh, quite a few audibles. I mean, listen. Every, like, and that's, I, w- I would believe that. Uh, things were a little awkward when I was watching the game, so I didn't really get to watch as much of it as I would have liked. But... In the past, when Kenny audibles, good things happen. Yeah, and it always seems a lot like of good things happen. It seems like Matt Canada was always super offended by that, by Kenny taking the game into his control. Um, and as an offensive coordinator, you know, if your offense is putting up points, that means your job is safe. It doesn't matter if the play you're calling is being audibled out of. If your offense is generating points, your job is safe. So it never really made sense to me. But the thing I want to talk about, though, is the Steelers wide receivers and how they tried so hard to lose this game for us. Forty, At least 45 yards of uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Like, these guys were getting, like, a little 20-yard yak, and then they'd get up and just shove their helmet into the defender's face and just start jawing. And it's like, bro, I'm sorry. I know football is competitive. Sports are competitive. It's best to feed into that competitiveness. But, like, can we calm down a minute? It. I will say, you don't have the clout 
not necessarily in their defense because I I do agree like they shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Um, because it's detrimental to their team, but not again not in defense of, but kind of to maybe explain a little bit. This is a very young core. Uh, this defense has been very disappointing, and everyone and their mother, everyone was picking against Pittsburgh in this game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So these young guys with the world on their backs and finally putting together some decent offense probably had – they were probably both pissed off and super cocky uh, and young and immature. No, I feel you. I feel you on that. But, like, here's the thing, right? I don't think it. I don't think it's a stretch to say that this team has probably been one of the worst teams the last three years in terms of generating big plays. Just sure. like consistently, um, especially this season, we've had two like above thirty yard plays. Both were touchdowns. But the point of the matter is, is like this team is known for going three and out. If we get a first down on a drive, it's a win. All right. So when you get a twenty yard reception. And then you get a 15-yard on sportsmanlike penalty. What the heck are you doing? Hey, it's we still finally. A first down. I mean, yeah, but we just like the point of the matter is, is like we finally get some offense generating, some plays we're stringing together, and you're doing your best to end it. You're doing it. You're doing your best to wipe it. And here's my thing about like the clout. The Steelers' leading receiver is George Pickens. Yeah. He has 500 yards and two touchdowns. One of those touchdowns was on a 71-yard route, uh, receive reception. God, why was that English so hard? And the other one came on a last-second audible uh, the other week. Can you guess who our second leading wide receiver is? Najee Harris. No, but you're in the right ballpark. Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren. <laughs> With 165 yards. I mean... Deontay Johnson did miss like five games. No, he did. He did. Four games. And that is relevant. But the point of the matter is, is this team does not generate offense traditionally. So when you, after breaking off a big play that moves our team down the field, move us right back because you can't not talk smack the first opportunity you have all season. To me, it's very, what are we doing here? The objective is to win, right? Why are we actively trying to screw that? And I would be willing to bet that there has been a meeting with the offense where oh, Mike better. Tomlin has said that exact same thing. There, there better have been. Yeah, and I, Canada better have been. Because Mike, Mike is notorious for not showing emotion on the sideline. He is. Mike is notorious and that for makes being a lot of people upset with him. That's stupid. Mike is notorious for being very hard-nosed in press conferences. Like, Mike doesn't take crap like that. Yeah. And so I, I imagine that that is a conversation that has been had. Yeah. And, like, my thing about it, too, is, like, look at, like, there's this report that Mike Tomlin is a, is a he treats star players differently than non-star players. Yeah, everyone does. Yeah, everyone does. You but have like, to. <laughs> but, like, the point of the matter is, like, when A.B. was the GOAT on pace to be the best wide receiver of all time, when he stepped out of line, Tomlin still put him in his place. None of these guys are playing at the level of that A.B. Dude, in in, in seven years, we're going to look back and we're going to think, dang, dude, 
we missed out on what could have been an incredible career because he went crazy. Because of Vontez Perfect. I don't know if it was only because of Vontez Perfect. I, 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 dude, that was a tough hit. Listen, man, I don't think it's all CTE. Yeah, you think it's just a little crazy? I think it's certainly part of it. Maybe it's exacerbated it. Yeah. But if you look at some of the old stuff AB has said, he's been kind of crazy for a long time. He has, but I, I think it is, like, CTE-related because if oh, you look and at... And I think that's part of it. If you look at the first four... Like, his interviews from the first four years of his career, he's so well-spoken, so put together. Like, not that there's anything wrong with not being put together, but... You okay over there, buddy? I'm getting feedback, and I, I'm worried it's going to show up on the on the audio. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, let's talk about the Patriots. Well, real quick. Okay. On the plus side. Yeah. We did win. You guys did win. And a lot of guys looked really good. Kenny Pickett, 17 and 25 for 230 yards, no interceptions. He only missed like one pass the second half. Najee Harris, 50, uh, 53 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Warren averaged 5.3 yards a carry, also picked up a touchdown. Deontay Johnson in his first game back, five catches, 79 yards, and George Pickin, five. Pickens, five catches, 107 yards. If you guys can get going, this can be a squad. No, like the the roster is nothing to sneeze at. It's definitely not contender territory. Definitely not. But I think it's better than a lot of people give us credit for. And I think that's partly because of the coaching and the play calling. Specifically the play calling. Um. And that's what's so painful as a Steelers fan right now is because it's like, ah, we suck. But we don't actually suck, you know? It's mm-hmm. just wasted. It's it's a wasted season. Also had a pick and a fumble recovery in that game, too. Yeah, yeah. Defense played well. 62 tackles. Yeah. Anyway, yes, let's talk about the Patriots. I was right. <laughs> The Patriots it took are, seven weeks, but I was right, baby. The Patriots are the Commanders. The command. What? I'm I'm gonna bring up the Commanders next. I'm Sam Howell's not I'm, the guy. I'm saying they're the same. They're not. They are. They're not. They very much are. They're not. How Can are I they? tell you the difference? Sure. Bill Belichick. Okay. Can I? Ron Rivera is a terrible head football coach. Yeah. Bill Belichick's the greatest of all time. Okay. And Washington significantly more talent on that team. Than uh, New England. So, yeah. But, a couple of big differences. But they're the same team in the sense that each week you don't know which one you're getting. There's there's two sides to each of these teams. There's the side that we saw this week for New England and the side we saw the last three weeks for New England. And then there's the side that we see where Sam Howell is a guy. And then we see the side where the commanders can't put up more than seven points on the Giants. Like good defense in the Giants. It is no, no, no. It, it's not bad, but like it, the Giants are the Giants. You know, they're they've been one of the worst teams this season. Yeah. And Washington has been surprisingly good. Now you could argue that this was a gotcha game for both the Giant or for both the Commies and the Bills because it's a division opponent against a much perceived or a perceived much weaker team. So like you could make that argument as a fan for those teams that lost. But on the other hand, you, we also have to acknowledge that New England looked completely different than what we had seen 
the last three weeks, but the same as the weeks before that. Like, it's just so inconsistent. Yeah. I feel like if you took the roster that Washington has and popped Bill Belichick, we would see a team that's going. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that 100%. But um, let's talk about the Patriots and the Bills. Okay. Uh, This is the offense that I thought we were going to get all year from the Patriots. Yeah. Now, after the first six weeks, I do think this week is an outlier. I don't expect this from now on. But Mac Jones was literally perfect. 25 of 30, 272 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson had nine carries for 35 yards, 34 yards, which is not obviously – Great, but it's also not terrible. 3.8 yards a carry. A lot better than he's been doing this year. Kendrick Bourne had six carries for 63 yards and a touchdown. This team was able to move the ball on what is a very good Buffalo defense. This is the New England offense that I expected to get with the addition of Bill O'Brien. Not only being the OC, but also calling plays. Um, And on top of that, the Buffalo Bills are four and three, mm-hmm. and you want to talk about inconsistent. In their four wins, they've looked like a dominant Super Bowl caliber. No one's beating this team. Team, yeah. In their three losses, they've looked like a bad football team. And even in one of their wins, they looked like a bad football team just playing against a worse football team. And that was the fourteen to nine win over the Giants last week. Yeah. They've looked bad now two weeks in a row. They looked bad against Jacksonville in England. And granted, that's Jacksonville's home stadium, basically. So like that and it's the short time, the travel over there, the jet lag. Like when teams play bad over there, it's almost like a write off. Yeah. But they get a they get a pass. But nonetheless, this Buffalo team is kind of scaring me. Yeah. In the sense of uh their window into a Super Bowl championship. The window was wide open a couple years ago, and it seems like every year it closes a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like someone slammed it shut, and it's barely being held open by a little wooden stick at the bottom right now. I think we're seeing the results of... a team. Like, it's almost some of their losses were to the NFC, but... The I'd say the AFC is a lot thicker yeah. in terms of competition. Absolutely, yeah. And I think I don't think it's that the Buffalo. I don't think it's that the Bills are looking necessarily bad. Which, like, I'm not saying that they're not looking bad. I'm saying comparatively to what we've been seeing from the 49ers and the Eagles this year, who are just blowing the door or were blowing the doors off of everyone. They looked like what we expect a clear contender to look like. Yeah. And where I, while the Chiefs and the Bills have been that for the AFC, I don't think that picture is as clear as it used to be anymore. Not for the Bills, at least. I mean, I don't know that I would say that for the... I mean, maybe I need to educate myself. You do. You want to hear a fun fact? Tell me. The Chiefs are the best team against the spread this week, uh, this season. Okay. So that's just that's a gambling stat. Not only been winning, they've also been covering and winning either as much or more than expected. 
I mean, yeah, but that's that's more a gambling stat than. Yeah, but uh, but they've really only had like. I don't think you've been paying enough attention to the Chiefs. I mean, We're going to talk about them a little bit later, but the Chiefs have looked very good this year, and not a lot of people are talking about it. I'm not saying that they haven't been looking good. It just feels like they haven't been as good. They haven't looked as good as they have in past seasons. But that's what I'm saying. That they, they have. No one's just talking about them for some reason because of that first loss huh? to the Detroit Lions. Well, Patrick Mahomes hasn't looked like he's looked in the past couple of seasons. But the Chiefs are not just winning. They're winning by more than they're expected to win by. They've won five straight. The Chiefs are playing good ball. The Bills, I do agree with you, though. The Chiefs' defense has also been really good this year. So, like, the Chiefs do look very good this year. I mean, the Chiefs are still the clear favorite in the NFL, I'd say. I think so. I don't know that they're the clear favorite. Mm -hmm. But I, they are my clear favorite. So how you perceive them, they are the clear favorite. I I still think this is a dominant football team that, um, especially with Travis Kelsey back, having that receiving option, Meikle Harmon Mm -hmm. uh, getting back, the more comfortable he gets um, already being familiar with that offense. Right. They're my clear favorite. But I I don't know that the public perception of them or the even odds-on favorite are the Chiefs right now. I got you. They might be. I don't know. I haven't looked into that, but. But the Bills, I agree with you 100%. Do not look like a juggernaut, except when they do. But then they barely scrape by the Tyrod Taylor-led New York Giants. And that game would have been a lot different if Tyrod Taylor had listened to his coaches and not ran the ball on a uh, third down while time was running out in the first half. Yeah. I don't know. But I do agree with you 100% that the Bills just – I mean, they've had games where they look so explosive and so good and that offense is clicking so well, and then games where they just don't look good at all. And so it's a weird I think the, I think the key to beating the Bills is to give them early adversity. You know what else sucks? What's or that? what also sucks? I was this close to picking the Pats last week, but I was like, <laughs> no, I can't. The Patriots have disappointed me so much this year already, and this is the Bills. Come on. It happens. Oh, well. Uh, but you said you were going to talk about the Commanders. Oh, yeah. Sam Howell sucks. That's aggressive. They just lost to the New York Giants. Yeah. The New York Giants were terrible. Mm-hmm. Sam Howell barely had above 50% completion percentage, like literally like 52%. Yeah, but it also... Didn't throw a touchdown, threw an interception, hit the ground six times. Yeah, but it also just doesn't make sense how much they have him throwing the ball every week. That Now, that I can agree with. I almost think he's kind of being hung out to dry a little bit. Because, like, like, this team... I like, don't think him looking this bad is necessarily all his fault. I do think decision-making, as far as coaching goes, is certainly yeah. a factor. I agree. Um. I think, like, I've said this multiple times, this team needs to run the ball more. Yeah. None, none of their, it feels like none of their running backs ever have double-digit carries. And granted, do they technically have a committee? Technically. But Brian Robinson's the guy. Antonio Gibson gets, like, two carries a game. Some dude named Chris Rod- Rodriguez got, like, seven. And he did really well on those seven. So you almost wonder, 
why people why didn't gets, they yeah stick with it yeah yeah especially like because they lost by what seven, seven. Yep. So they weren't ever out of this game to where it's air raid time 100% of the time now. Yeah. But for some reason, this team is just allergic to running the football, I guess. I, I really think a lot of what it is on this team, and you said it earlier, it comes down to coaching. Like if you swapped the rosters from New England and Washington, yeah, Bill would have this team with five wins. Four I'm or five wins. currently trying to figure out who leads the league in passing attempts? That I don't know. I bet I bet Sam Howell's up there though. I that see that's what I'm trying to figure Baker's out. Baker's also been throwing the ball a lot this year. But um I really think a lot of it comes down to coaching. I think Ron Rivera is I I've talked about it before. I think he's one of the most overrated coaches in the league, if not the most no, he's the most overrated coach in the league. Um, I'm not a fan of Ron Rivera at all. He's literally had one good season as a head football coach in the history of his career. Um, and I think he's putting the ball in this young kid's hands. who's his first experience starting in the National Football League way too much. He does have really good running backs that he's just not utilizing. The defense has been disappointing this year, to say the least. Uh, not terrible, though. The defense hasn't been bad. But we, I think we expected it to be one of the best front sevens in the NFL. I think we expected this to be like a top eight defense. Um, and he's just not. Sam Howell is fifth in the league in pass attempts. Dang. The list is Kirk Cousins, Dang. Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Sam Howell. That's the list. Wow. He, so he ranks above Josh Allen. Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Tua, Russell Wilson, C.J. Stroud, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott. Uh, that's that's the significant name. There's so. a lot of gunslingers in there too. Yeah, that he's below yeah. or above. And I mean, like, why? Why he's got two hundred? Oh no, he's tied for third. He's tied with Jared Goff and Stafford at two hundred and fifty-six. That's a lot, man. Especially for a kid like the all the there's two things that are different about all the other people on that list ahead of him and then him. They're longtime starters. They are longtime starters in the National Football League who have a significant amount of experience. This is Sam Howell's this was Sam Howell's eighth game ever starting in the National Football League. Yeah. Putting all of this on his back is just way too much. So like I think Sam Howell is a guy, but I think he's a guy that the commanders are going to ruin before he fully matures into being a guy. You know what I, I mean, mean? I could see it. I'm not a big believer in Sam Howell, but I could see it. I mean, let's sure. just let's just run down his stats really fast for the season. Uh, on he, so 256 attempts, he's got a 65.2 percent completion percentage. That's not obviously that's not tremendous, but it's not bad. At by you any say 65.2? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he's got 1,750 yards, nine touchdowns, seven interceptions. But I think a lot of those interceptions are coming from plays that he shouldn't be throwing the ball on. So, and you could say the same thing for the touchdowns just because, like, you know, less attempts, less home runs. Yeah. That makes sense. That math, maths. But the point is, is I'm worried about the fatigue on the shoulder. 
causing more errors than touchdowns. The thing I'm most worried about is the fatigue in his brain. Yeah. Because this this kid is, again, he's young, he's a kid, it's his second year in the NFL, it's only his eighth game starting. Um, He need the more he throws, the more likely he is to throw picks, the more likely he is to miss passes, the less his confidence will become. Yeah. And we know how important confidence is in the National Football League. Like, he needs to be able to believe in himself and to hold on to that. And as long as Ron Rivera is ruining him by making him making the offense way too dependent on him, yeah. it's going to, I think, impact his psyche and let's not, more than it should. Let's not brush over it. The just abuse he's getting in in the pocket. Yeah, he's gotten sacked a lot. He's been sacked forty times. Yeah, you know who's in second, and in, in regards to most sacks, Daniel Jones with twenty eight. Mm, that's not great. At this, at the rate that Sam Howell is being attacked before he throws the ball, sacked, he's on pace to be sacked ninety seven times this that's year. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, and I, dude, they're gonna like Sam Howe could have one of the coolest careers because, like, we've seen first round quarterbacks and we've seen late round quarterbacks, albeit a much less frequency. Have we ever really seen mid round quarterbacks succeed? Dak Prescott, I, I mean, yeah, that's fair. Russell Wilson, that's also fair. Okay, <laughs> touche, touche, fair enough. I just think he'd have a really cool career. I like Sam Howell. I'd like Washington <laughs> to be good now that Dan Snyder is... I don't want Washington to be good. Why? I don't like Ron Rivera. I don't think they're going to be good as long as Rivera is there. I agree. I don't dislike him as a human. I don't know anything about him as a person. He went through cancer. That's You, got, you know, that's a lot. You know um, what I wonder? So maybe, you know, he's a fighter, but I don't like him as a coach. I wonder if... Uh, Sam Howell's large attempts are Eric Bieniemy related. Eric Bieniemy did come from that Patrick Mahomes offense, but I don't think Eric Bieniemy calls plays. At least he didn't in Kansas City. I don't know what yeah, the but situation Kansas City is. is a lot more prestigious right now in coaching than Washington is. Yeah, I don't. I don't and, know who called plays. Who calls plays now? But I know he did not call plays, and that was well. I think that was part of the reason he left, though. Yeah. Is because Reed wouldn't let him call plays. So he probably is calling the plays over there in Washington. And I mean, isn't Reed more of an offensive coach? Yeah. And Rivera is more of a defensive, defensive coach. Yeah, so that sure. that opportunity would certainly be there for sure. But yeah. Dude, I'd be concerned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'd be I'd be freaking out, dude. Uh I wouldn't be freaking as out as much as I bet the Chargers are over dude. drafting Quentin. Johnson over Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers. Over drafting anyone. The Chargers are so bad. And that makes me sad. Because Justin Herbert is a very good talent. Yeah. Austin Eckler is a very good talent. Mike Williams is a great talent. And that team has, what, three wins this season? Two wins this season? Something like that. Don't forget about Joey Bosa. Two wins. They're two and four. Why is this team two and four? Probably... Probably because they scratch, they healthy scratch players like J.C. Jackson. They, they healthy scratch J.C. Jackson? They did, yeah. That's not great. Yeah, no, it's not. I think there's a lot of rumblings that uh, he's going to be traded back to the Patriots. Makes sense. 
Um, and, you know, keep in mind the trade deadline is next week. Or this week. Next week. I think it's next. I think it's October 31st. It's week 8, whatever. Well, this is week 8, but it's after week 8. It's on October 31st is the NFL trade deadline. Uh, they have until 4 p.m. and on October 31st, which is next Tuesday, I believe. So, but like the point of the matter is, is we're within seven days. Yeah. So, and there have been a lot of rumblings. There have been so many. And so I think it's going to be a, an exciting trade deadline. And that, dude, like the NFL is our, like, I think, I don't think it's a stretch of the imagination to say that the NFL is definitively the biggest league in sports. In the U.S., yeah. Yeah. And it all, and like, people get very excited about the NBA trade deadline. A much smaller amount of people get very excited about the NHL trade deadline because those deadlines are always exciting and filled with action. The NFL's trade deadline has always kind of been more yeah. or less underwhelming. The last couple of years has been pretty It has active, been trending. Though. It has been trending into you know an what exciting other direction. Deadline, you know what other trade deadline was super active this year? What? Major League Baseball. Because they used to have two trade deadlines, really? and they cut it down to one. Wait, hold on. How does that work? I don't know. But they used to have two, and then you couldn't trade for a while, and then they reopened it for, like, October baseball, for, like, playoff baseball. Did you know that you could trade in the after the NHL trade deadline? You can trade? Yeah, you've, you've explained this to me before, Yeah, and it's that's silly to it me. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, why would you do it? You can, So, like, for those of you who hadn't heard me explain it, just because I feel like that's not a nugget I can just touch on and then leave, you can trade with teams after the NHL trade deadline, but both players are ineligible to play for the rest of the season. Until the playoffs? No. Oh. The rest of oh. the season. Then why? Exactly. That's why we don't see Just it. Just wait until the off season. That's yeah. that's why we don't see it. All right, you got something next loaded up? Uh I do. The Ravens. That was my next thing. That is that was ridiculous. This offense. That was supposed to be a terrible offensive game because of the weather. And it was for one team. <laughs> uh, uh I think we need we need to not sleep on this Ravens offense. This team has put up 25, 27, 29, 28, 17, 24 and 38. But Lamar Jackson has looked incredible. Lamar Jackson has looked absolutely phenomenal. Also, can I just say, when I'm scrolling through ESPN and I click on a game to like look things up, yeah. it's still super odd to me to see Pat McAfee's face on almost dude, everything. Dude, 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 dude. I, w- I like stopped in somewhere the other day to get some food, and they had a TV, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's Pat McAfee. Yeah, <laughs> that happened to me a few weeks ago. Um, super happy for for my mans. But yeah, no, this team has looked very, very good. Lamar Jackson himself has looked very, very good. Uh, this season so far, Lamar Jackson has 1,600 yards, eight touchdowns, three interceptions. It uh, doesn't have, oh, uh, 71% completion percentage, which everyone forever has questioned Lamar's accuracy, which I don't get. I don't think he's ever had a career below like 63 I'm I don't think he's sure. ever had a season below 63. I'm pretty sure statistically, but, at least at one point, I don't know if it's still that way, but he had like the highest accuracy by a mile inside the pocket. Uh, yeah. He's always been an accurate quarterback, so yeah. I don't know why people have always... It's because they've never given him for it. really great weapons. But he has a 71% completion percentage on the season, uh, 1,600 yards and eight touchdowns, and that's just through the air. Yeah. He's also added a lot on the ground. Lamar Jackson is having a heck of a season. This Baltimore offense, I think, looks a lot better than a lot of people thought. 
Uh, not me. I, of course, called this. I said it would look good. Where would you um, put Lamar Jackson among quarterbacks? Uh, I mean, I'd have to really sit down and think about it, but I think he's top. This season, he's playing top five. Yeah, uh, yeah. But well, I would I would say overall, not just this season, like look at. Like considering everything. Yeah, I, I would say he's a top seven quarterback. Top seven? Yeah. Okay. At least, yeah. I don't know where I sit with him. I'm a big fan of Lamar. I would be a much bigger fan. If, if he, he wasn't a Baltimore Raven. <laughs> yeah. I would be a much bigger fan. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I'm not, I should say this, I'm not worried about Detroit. Yeah. This was a very windy game. It was in Baltimore. Baltimore they, they plays in this eight players. games a year, yeah. right? This was a weather abnormality for Detroit. Uh, I'm really not worried about Detroit. Jared Goff didn't look terrible, 33-53, 284. Really good. And a pick, what, who? Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs was great. Yeah, he looked like a first-round running back. Yeah, so I'm I'm really not worried about the Lions. I don't think this is a um, – I don't think this game is an indication of how bad the Lions are. I think this game is an indication of how really good this Ravens team is. Um, so, And we both picked this, by the way. Yes, we did. No big deal. Uh, uh, I don't think we picked – Yeah, we didn't pick 38-6. to six. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think the, I think a lot of NFL teams are struggling with trying to find consistency. Yeah, I think the Ravens fall into that. I think the Bills, Patriots, Commanders fall into that, uh, and I think there's plenty of other teams that fall into that as well. And I can't tell if that's exciting as a fan or frustrating. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because on one hand, it feel it legitimately feels like any team is in any game, but on the other hand, it's like, come on. It was the Giants. Yeah. Like, what are, what are, what are, or come on. It was, it was the Steelers. What are we doing here? LA should have won that game. Ref ball got in the way, though. And I'm very thankful. <laughs> Kenny Pickett did not get that first down. Um, but it's also, okay, really fast. Just to like double back, because I know like, quote unquote, Steeler fans are annoying, but shut up. Okay. It's not my. It's not our team's fault. It's not the Steelers' fault that LA had poor timeout management. It's not our fault. All right. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, uh, right. So the play before the two-minute warning. Uh, it was fourth and one, on like the forty-five, the Rams forty-five, and the Steelers went with a QB sneak. Kenny Pickett did not get it. But the refs placed the ball literally like a centimeter past the chain. Like this was a microscope. It was by literally the skin of your teeth smaller. Did we see an index card? Huh? Index card? Yeah. Um, but he didn't get it. But, you know, where the refs placed the ball is where the refs placed the ball. The time... You know, tick down because at this point it was like there's like two fifteen left in the game. Clock's running. Steelers aren't trying to stop it. You know they're winning. Yeah. Uh, but the Rams didn't have a timeout, so they couldn't challenge it, and it didn't occur within the final two minutes of the game, so it wasn't booth reviewable. And a lot of people are like, "Ah, refs, meh. I'm personally a big believer of you should have at least one timeout at all times, heading into the two minute warning, of any half. Because you have to have that ability to challenge a play so that situations like this don't happen to you. So, like, was it bad refereeing? Sure. But I think it was more on McVeigh not keeping his timeouts. 
but that's I love just me. that there are some words you say with a southern accent and some that you don't. Like what? That's so funny to me. Like you're just talking normal. Was it bad? And then you said refereeing. And you said, was it bad refereeing? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Like, you don't add the G at the end of words, which is a very southern thing. I'm going hunting. I'm fixing to go down to the grocery store. What are you doing calling me, woman? I'm driving. That's a very southern thing is to not add the G at the end of I-N-G. And you do that with every I-N-G word. The rest of the things you say, perfectly normal. But then, yeah, was it bad refereeing? Yes, it was. (laughs) I just think it's funny. Wait, every I-N-G word? Almost. I, I can't remember the last time I heard you say an ING. So you're telling me that I'll just be speaking a scent. <laughs> yes, I'm telling you that you will just be speaking a sentence. And you will slip into that. Yes. <laughs> that was so perfect. <laughs> oh, buddy. That was that. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do that regularly. I, I, you know, I believe you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just came so natural. <laughs> and it's only with ing words. Oh my god! Uh, wow. And other things very occasionally, very rarely, but ing words every time. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I heard you pronounce a g at the end of a word. Gong. Fair enough. Boom. Um, the last game I want to talk about, we don't have much time left, but the last game is the Minnesota-San Francisco game. I want to get this out of the way first. The Vikings are back, baby. I'm getting to that. Okay. I'm going to get this out of the way first. People are like, oh, Brock Purdy's lost two in a row. He is what we thought we, what he thought he was. Blah, 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 blah. Brock, Brock Purdy in this game was 21 of 30, 272 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Take away those two interceptions, this is a phenomenal game, right? So let's add back in the two interceptions. One of them, bad pick, I'll give you. But every quarterback has one of those every once in a while. Patrick Mahomes has had quite a few of those this season. The second interception was this was a team that was down, that was uh, having to try and come back, and he threw a very long pass at the very end of the game in garbage time to try to get his team back into this thing mm-hmm. and threw a pick. That happens all the time. Yeah. So I just I I don't want to focus on the 49ers in this game. I want to focus on the Vikings because they played a great game. Yeah. But I do just want to get that out of the way. People are like, oh, Brock Purdy's bad just like we thought he was. Shut up. No, he's not. He had a great game outside of one bad throw that resulted in a pick and one garbage time throw trying to lead his team down the field that every quarterback in the history of the NFL has thrown many a time. Damn, so tell me how you really feel. I just I've heard so much about negative about Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. And last week, not not week seven, but week six, he did have a not great game. Mm-hmm. I'll admit that. But every quarterback is a bad game now and then. But this week he had a very good game with just a couple of bad throws. One of them all on him. The second one, very understandable. Every quarterback has it, right? Right. So I just wanted to clarify that. Um now. The thing I want to focus on, the reason I brought up this game, the Minnesota Vikings looked really good. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, 35 of 45, 378 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Who can't play on primetime? K. 
Can they please? Who tra- can't win games on Bronton? Can they please trade him to a team with a winning record so that he can win an MVP? Alexander Madison, 4.9 yards a carry. Only eight carries for 39 yards, but still, that's really good. Um, Cam Akers with a Cam Akers performance. Yep, yep. Jordan Addison, seven catches, 123 yards, two touchdowns, doing his best uh, Justin Jefferson impression. Jordan Addison frustrates me and also vindicates me because I was so hyped on him in this landing spot. But he frustrates me because I'm in three dynasty leagues. And in all three of my dynasty leagues, I came within one pick of getting him. One singular pick. And I can't trade for him because he's playing like I thought he would. (laughs) But he's playing like I thought he would against me. And it's very frustrating, but also very vindicating because I can be like, ah, I was right. But also it hurts. But Jordan Addison in Justin Jefferson's absence has been very good. He started off slow this season. Uh, but has been very good since. Now, I want you to picture this. The Minnesota Vikings are 3-4. and four. Um, Justin Jefferson has two more weeks on IR. He comes back in three weeks. They have Jordan Addison playing like this, TJ, Ak- TJ Hawkinson playing like this, and they're going to add the best wide receiver in football? Yeah. This team, I don't think, is down and out. This team They're 3-4 be- and four right now. If they win 10 more games, they're 13 and 4. Uh they're not going to win 10 more games. If they win 7 more games, they're 10 and 7, have a legit shot at the playoffs. Yeah. Like this is a team that needs to buy at the deadline defensively. Yeah. And even the defense played well in this game. The defense had uh a fumble recovery, two interceptions off of Brock Purdy. They had a couple of big stops. They made a lot of really big plays, especially they held Christian McCaffrey to only three yards a carry in this game. Yeah. Um, the defense didn't play like this defense has been playing for most of the season. I was very impressed with this Minnesota team. Again, in prime time, which everyone says Kirk can't do, playing really good football. Absolutely. Not Don't count them out yet. I think even I was getting close to being like, all right, the Vikings are done. Don't count them out yet. I wasn't counting on it. Good. Nice. But listen, I don't know. Which of these takes makes you the most frustrated? I don't know how many referees you've wanted to step on a Lego. I can think of at least one. (laughs) I don't know if you're expecting any better refereeing. Expecting? Refereeing? Any better refereeing? Refereeing? Refereeing. (laughs) (laughs) And you had to drop an F-bomb there, too. I'm sorry, you frustrate me. (laughs) I don't know if you're expecting any better zebra-ing this week. (laughs) Are you done? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about you, but uh, we're, we're just here so we don't get fined. That was unnecessary.